interact with us then.
All right, church, this morning our reading is out of Psalm 119, verses 73 to 80. If you would, uh, take your Bible and go ahead and turn there. And while you do, give you a little background on Psalm 119. And we'll probably share a few more of these things as we go. But Psalm 119 celebrates the gift of God's Torah, or His covenant instruction, as a perfect guide to life. Now, Torah is a Hebrew word meaning to instruct, and the Torah refers to the five books of Moses in the Hebrew Bible. And in our Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, by singing and praying the contents of Psalm 119, uh, we're expressing a heartfelt admiration to God, who's lovingly bestowed the gift of his word upon his people. And also, uh, it's a fervent yearning for one's own life, my life, your life, to reflect the loveliness and the goodness of the Torah. Now, before I read today's passage, I just want to invite you to pay special attention to a few uh, really special nuggets that are embedded in these eight verses. Uh, one that stood out to me is God formed you, God formed me with his own hands. And so he himself, through his Holy Spirit and through our study of his word, will certainly uh, teach us his commandments. Uh, God's commands and his rules, they are all, they're only righteous because God is righteous. Uh, God is faithful to us even when we're not faithful to him. Uh, we like to say that God will not protect us from what he will perfect us through. God is every bit as much with us in the valleys of affliction and difficulties and hard days like we are experiencing now and we're seeing around the world as he is when we're standing on that mountain peak. Uh, the other thing is the believer finds comfort in God's steadfast love and holds fast to God himself, God's promises, God's word. God is faithful to keep every promise he will, keep every promise that he has ever made to his people. And those who are in Christ, we don't find his word to be a burden, but we find it to be a delight. We have great delight, joy, enjoyment in reading his word. And then finally, the thing that, you know, really stands out to me, especially as I read the Old Testament, and as we'll see here, is that his children make an intentional decision. I will, I will, I will, I will. And it is a conscious choice that we will to obey his precepts, to know his precepts, the things that he's appointed for uh, his people to do. So why don't you go ahead and... Uh, go to verse 73 and we'll read his word. Uh, your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame, because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me, that they may know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless in your statutes, that I may not be put to shame. This is the word of God. We love you. God bless.
Absolutely love worshiping to that song. We are so blessed here at church to have the leadership of people like Joel and, and Terry and Daryl. And it's a joy to be able to serve alongside of them and make you know that, as Joel said at the, at the very beginning of the service today, we long to be connected again to you and with you in a very personal way. We can't wait until we're able to gather together again in person to worship and to celebrate our glorious God. May you know that that He still rules and reigns and is sovereign over everything. May you not lose your hope. May your trust and your faith be strengthened in days like this. I want to encourage you to grab those Bibles now. 
And hopefully you already have them open, but if not, go ahead and find your way to Amos chapter 9. And here we we wrap it all up. Uh, We started this message series at the beginning of the year on January the 12th. So this morning we reach our conclusion. And in the, the final chapter of this book, the prophet Amos is going to share four promises from the heart of the Lord. Three of those promises deal with judgment, and then the fourth and final promise deals with mercy. And so let's, let's just break these down this morning as we look at each of these verses that are contained in chapter 9. And so in verse number 1, uh, we see the first promise of the Lord. And that first promise is the promise that He will strike or He will smite And so follow along as I read. It says, I saw the Lord standing beside the altar, and he said, Smite the capitals so that the threshold will shake and break them on the heads of them all. Then I will slay the rest of them with the sword. They will not have a fugitive who will flee or a refugee who will escape. Now, Amos' description of what the Assyrian army would do when they entered the land seems to parallel the vision of God's warning that we see back in chapter 3. So, so, so turn there real quick. Go back to chapter 3. And you can see the, the similar descriptions here. In chapter 3, beginning in verse number 13, it says, Here and testify against the house of Jacob, declares the Lord God, the God of hosts. For on the day that I punish Israel's transgressions, I will also punish the altars of Bethel. The horns of the altar will be cut off and they will fall to the ground. I will also smite the winter house together with the summer house. The houses of ivory will also perish and the great houses will come to an end, declares the Lord. So remember that the altar was the place of sacrifice and atonement. But God refused to accept their sacrifices. He refused to accept those sacrifices or to forgive their sins. And then if you look back in chapter 5, chapter 5, the roar of the lion declared in verse number 21, he says, I hate, I reject your festivals, nor do I delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer up to me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. And and I will not even look at the peace offerings of your fatlings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. All of this to say that their man-made religion was an abomination to the Lord. And last week we discovered that in chapter 8, their worship was purely superficial. Even while they sat in worship, they longed for it to be over. Their thoughts were not upon the Lord. They were not concerned with praising and glorifying His holy name. Rather, they were focused on when is this going to get over? 
how much longer do we have? They, they, they were more consumed about their personal lives. They were more focused on how could they make more money for themselves, not to be a blessing to others, but to build up for themselves. As a result of all of this and so much more, their worship was disgraceful to God. Their man-made religion was an abomination to the Lord. And as a result of this, God was ready to strike them and to destroy them. In his vision, Amos sees the temple filled with worshipers. Worshipers who had a hope that their ritual would bring God's blessings upon them. However, when the pillars collapsed, the whole structure would come down and kill them. And as terrifying as this is, that's not all. Even those who escaped this disaster, even they would be hunted and slain with the sword. You see, at the end of verse number 1, it ends with these words. It says, they will not have a fugitive who will flee or a refugee who will escape. So the first promise of the Lord here in chapter 9 is his promise that he will strike. Now the second promise is the promise that he will search. And we see this promise, earth. Nevertheless.